You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. We thank the Lord for the 17 years that God has given Pastor Vic to us to serve with us here in Zikaek. We joined the pastoral team of Zikaek last 2004 together. Recently, together din coming nagka-COVID. But sad to say, he went to be with the Lord. This time, shall we bow down our heads as I lead in prayer for God's comfort not only upon us but especially upon his family. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the 17 years you have given Pastor Vic to us. We can attest that his life was really lived in service to the Master. We pray that you will continue to embrace us with your love and grace as our hearts are both rejoicing because he is already there in your presence, but at the same time, grieving. Thank you for using him. Thank you for the memories that he left with us. Surely, those individuals who received the gospel through the life and ministry of Pastor Vic, we believe that they are grateful to you also. And so today, as we worship you, as we honor you, we believe that you are embracing our hearts, especially, Lord God, at the olive. Continue to touch her, continue to cover her, continue to embrace her. Let her feel your love. Let her feel your presence and your embrace. Also, we entrust to you his children, their children who are in Cebu City right now. May your embrace also be felt in their midst. For we know and believe how painful it is to lose a loved one, somebody who stands as a leader in the family. But we also know and believe that your presence is manifested in the absence of Pastor Vic. Thank you. As a church, we come together with gratitude in our hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. It was a sad moment when I entered the office this morning. His cubicle is located right adjacent to mine. I just looked to my left and immediately I would see him before. But this morning as I was seated in my office, I looked to my left, and all that I could see was a chair empty. While thinking about the life of Pastor Vic, it was a life filled with bittersweet moments. Why did I say that? I had a lot of memories in my mind that I could think, memories that made me smile as he was laughing, as he was doing something. I still remember many years ago, we went to Cagayan de Oro to attend a leadership conference. And we were so happy inside the van of the church because he kept on singing songs of Eddie Peregrina. We enjoyed his presence very much. I still remember those moments that he wore earphones inside our office. 
watching something on his screen on his iPad or in his cell phone. And then he would scream at me, thinking that his voice was just soft, thinking that his voice was loud, wasn't loud because he was wearing an earphone. All of the pastors inside the office would just smile at what he was doing. I could still remember those moments. But not all the moments I had in mind with Pastor Bick were happy. There were moments that were not sweet, moments that I could see there as sad, painful, and bitter time. There were times that when he, would, he had a problem one time, I wouldn't tell you what was it about, but he went to my cubicle and said, Pastor, he was a lot older than me, but I can sense his respect toward me. He went to me one time and said, Pastor Jay, or Jay, sometimes he doesn't address me as Pastor Jay, sometimes just Jay, probably because he thinks that I'm just like a son to him already. There was a time he went to my cubicle and said, Jay, atyan yung problema ba? Ansina, ansina. Kosa tutapensa. And I can sense that those problems were touching his heart, bothering him, creating a heaviness in his heart and mind. Well, if I remember Pastor Bick, those were mixtures of experiences that we ha he had. Moments of sweet experiences and moments of bitter experiences, even as I imagine about the COVID experience that he had. That night before he was brought to the hospital, I was conversing with him over the phone. And I told him, Pastor, you better go to the hospital. Our secretary has been facilitating for your oxygen. And we had a lot of options that time. I never thought that was the last moment that I had a chance to talk to him. His life, if I am going to look at it, it was filled with both sweet memories and tough and sad moments of life. And as I was imagining about this, I said, this is a reality about human existence. There has never been a person who all, whose experience are all sweet memories, sweet moments. I have never seen a person also whose experiences are all bitter moments. There is always a mixture of sweet moments and bitter times in life. Well, if one would say, I have all sweet moments, that's, that life is not real. Maybe that life is a fantasy. If someone would say, all my experiences are bitter, that's not true also. Life is always a combination of a sweet moment and a bitter times. That is why there is a word, bittersweet. I'll use that term this morning, in relation to that idea that our experiences here in, on earth, it is always a mixture of sweet and bitter times. Not only in our time today, but even in the characters in the Bible. One of those persons that I have seen in which this bittersweet time is really very evident is in the life of Joseph. Let us look at the account that the author wrote in Genesis chapter 39. And see some important matters from the life of Joseph. We will be reading from the NASB 1995 edition. And the word of the Lord says, Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. 
The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in charge, in his charge. It, it came about that from the time he made him overseer in the house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these moments or events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As, he spoke to, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household was there inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me, and he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came into me to lie with me, and I screamed. With the, when he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with his words, The Hebrew slave whom you bought or brought to us came into me, to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now when his master heard that these words of his wife, which he spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him to jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. But when the Lord was with Joseph, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him, and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the, in the jail. So whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. The life of Joseph can be described just like the life of Pastor Vic, I believe. It was filled with bittersweet experiences. But you know, whatever our situation could be, the intention of God is that we become a blessing because He's blessed us already. Whether it's a sweet experience, whether we are in a bitter moment, God intends that you and me would still continue to be a blessing. Now, what was happening here in the life of Joseph in the earlier time before this text happened? He had a dream. God gave him a dream. 
This is not just a daydreaming. This was a moment of God's revelation in the life of Joseph. He received a dream from God and he got so excited out of it. It was a sweet moment for Joseph. But you know what? Out of that excitement, he shared his dream to his siblings. But instead of having his siblings rejoice with him with that sweet dream from the Lord, they got jealous of him. They were mad of him. In fact, later, they devised a scheme of killing him. But they changed their mind and said, why don't we just sell him? So they sold Joseph to the merchants passing by. Think about it. It was a sweet moment of receiving a dream from the Almighty God. Why is it sweet? When God gives someone a dream, it is very sweet because it is Him who's going to fulfill it. If we have a dream for ourselves, we will do our everything to achieve that dream. We will exert all the effort we need. We will try to devise all the scheming we have so that we could get that dream. But if it is clear that it is God who placed that dream in a person's heart and mind, whatever happens, if God is the one who placed that dream in a person's life, He's the one who's going to make it happen. It was a sweet, sweet moment of receiving a dream. But out of that sweet moment, that sweet dream that he received, came out an envy coming from the heart of his brothers that made them sold him to the merchants. A sweet dream that came to be a nightmare wherein he was sold to the merchants going to Egypt. While he was in a bitter situation, when he was brought to Egypt, he was sold to an official Potiphar. Imagine this, if you were sold for a certain amount, you are like considered to be no human being at all. You are like an object because you were sold. Meaning to say, once you were bought for, a, for an amount, the person who bought you is the owner of your very life. In other words, Joseph was sold to Potiphar as a slave. In the earlier part of the narrative, the word described to Joseph was a servant of Potiphar. But later, during the time of the accusation that Potiphar's wife made before him, he was described as a slave. Joseph really was a slave because he was sold to Potiphar. A bitter situation. It all started with a sweet dream. But while he was there in a bitter condition, he was serving in his master's house. The author of Genesis 39 made it very clear. Look at verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. There can be no any better situation. Whatever your surrounding can be, when there is God's presence in a person's life that could remain as a sweet moment in life. No matter how much money you would accumulate, no matter how calm your surroundings would be, if there is no presence of the Lord in a person's life, mm -mm, that still is not a sweet situation. But whatever your surrounding is, however it is happening around you, whatever your situation, when God's presence is there, I would still consider it as a sweet moment. 
Yes, he was in a bitter situation, sold by his own brothers, bought by an official as a slave. But his bitter moment was mixed with a sweet moment. Why? Because God's favor was upon him. His presence was upon Joseph, and it is very clear in verse 2. And not only that, he was placed in charge by his master because God gave his favor to him. And his master saw it. Even if his master wasn't a believer of God, his master saw it manifested in the life of Joseph. He put Joseph in charge over everything that he had. Not only in his house, but also in his field. Everything. From a slave to someone who is managing the entire household of Potiphar. Someone who is managing the entire field of Potiphar. From a slave to an official. Imagine that. He must have this time in a very sweet moment. But it was also mixed with another issue. Because the text also tells us that Joseph's sweet moment did not last forever. Though he was put in charge, by the way, take note of the statement, he was put in charge. This is a phrase that is mostly repeated in the entire chapter or the idea. He was put in charge. As a slave, he was put in charge. But his sweet moment did not last forever. Why? The text also, the author established it to us that Joseph was a person who's handsome, and his form and appearance is excellent. Look at verse 6 at the end part of it. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. In other words, he's good-looking if you look at his face, and his physique, his figure is really very good also. That when a lady would look at him, probably the only statement that can come out of that woman is that, He's described that way. He's not only favored by God with the, kind of, with the kind of character that he was displaying with the blessing of the Lord manifested outwardly in his life, but when you look at his appearance, he's so blessed also with that appearance. And the wife of Potiphar was there, staring at Joseph. While he was working, I believe she was staring at him. Desiring for Joseph. Okay na sana. It was a sweet, sweet moment. From a slave to somebody who is an official over the household in the field of Potiphar. Okay na sana. It was a sweet moment. But the sweet moment did not last forever. Because very soon, temptation came to Joseph. It was like the Garden of Eden. Everything was fine. There were trees that were bearing fruits. All you got to do is pick some if you are hungry and eat until you are satisfied. But there was a serpent in the garden. Joseph's life was already great. From a slave to an official, it was a sweet moment. But there was a tempter. There was a tempter inside the house. This was not just a woman that Joseph can look at and appreciate also. But this woman was trying to do something before him. She was luring him. 
she said to him, Lie down with me. Lie down with me. This wasn't just somebody around. This was someone who was taking a step closer to him, whispering if not saying aloud before him. I believe she wouldn't say that aloud because there were other servants in the house. It was in a whisper form, I believe. When a temptation runs near you and whispers at you, lie down with me. It's very dangerous. But Joseph raised his defense. If you look at verses 7 up to verse 9, he related to the woman, interestingly, what he related in verse 7 to 9 were mentioned already in verses 1 to 6. The descriptions of the offer. He said to the woman, he said to the wife of Potiphar, I was placed in charge over everything. My master doesn't withhold anything from me. I can touch anything. I can take hold of anything. I can enjoy anything except you because you are his wife. I respect my master. I respect you because you are the wife of my master. And at the end of verse 9, he gave his higher form of commitment when he said, how then I could, can do this great and evil sin against God? So his commitment is not just for his master who is earthly. His, his allegiance is not just to Potiphar. But more than that, his allegiance, his reverence is for God himself. When he said, how can I do this evil thing and sin against God? His respect, his reverence to the Lord. Okay na sana. You are an official already over the household of Potiphar, over the commander, over the field of Potiphar's, what is the sakop niya? Okay na sana. It was a sweet moment for Joseph, but it was mixed with a bitter situation when the tempter came. And this escalated further. You know why? When Joseph refused to get, give in to the temptation, Potiphar didn't stop it. Look at verse 10. As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her, to be with her. So this wasn't just a moment wherein she tried to tempt Joseph and then she stopped when Joseph refused. No. It took a long period that she kept on going to Joseph and doing the same. Whenever she gets a chance wherein the other guys in the house are, are far from them, she would go near Joseph, I believe, and she would whisper, Lie down with me. I believe she tried her best to make herself appear more attractive every day. I don't know if she wore perfume that would entice her. I don't know the kind of dress that she wore, but I believe she tried her everything to get Joseph with those lines. Lie down with me. Over and over with Joseph. But Joseph refused over and over. Okay na sana. You are an official. You are an overseer. You are in charge. But there was a temptation. Not just a temptation, but a consistent temptation. There was a friend of mine who said, Buti sana pastor kung may temptation, tatakbo ka ng palayo. Ang problema minsan, you don't even notice yourself that you are running not away but nearer. 
nagpaduol. That, that was the experience of Joseph. One day, one day, the wife of Potiphar really waited for the best moment that she could tempt him. One day, you look at verse 11. One day, Joseph reported to the house. Nobody else was there. When there is no one around, the more dangerous temptations can be. It's a reality even in our time. That's why when I was working with the national office, as long as I can bring my wife, I'll bring my wife with me. Because temptation can just be around, especially when you are alone. Joseph was there. He reported with all the intention of just working and becoming a good steward. But what happened? This time, she did not just whisper something to him. This time, without anybody around, she grabbed Joseph. I believe she tried to grab Joseph, but she just got hold of his garment. Not just words this time. It was accompanied by an action. A very frustrated woman trying to lure a young handsome guy. But she grabbed only his garment. And when Joseph realized it, this, he ran outside. The problem is this. The very frustrated woman invented a story. And when he was, she was holding the garment of Joseph, she told the other guys in the house that maybe she went outside and shouted at them and, hey, help me. This Hebrew that my husband brought to our family, to our house, is making sport with me. He tried to lie with me. And I have here his garment. Now, I want us to take note of how she constructed the statement. She started with this line. The Hebrew that my husband brought in. She was play, playing a blame game. You know, one of the most irritating Irritating situation in a couple's life is when a partner blames the other for something that is wrong. So she brought the idea that it was her husband's fault why this thing is happening. And she kept the garment. When Potiphar arrived, she said the same words, repeated it to him. She said, the Hebrew guy that you brought in tried to make sport with me. See? Out of that scenario that happened earlier when you were not around, buti na lang, I was able to escape from him. I have here his garment as my evidence. Do you know what was, he, what was the accusation against Joseph? It was a rape, attempted rape. Did he do that? No. Siya pa ang marape, almost marape. But he was accused. And without any trial, Potiphar brought him to jail. Without any trial. He cannot have a trial. Why? He's a slave. He doesn't have the right. He's even no human being in their sight because he was a slave. 
Now, here's the thing that I want us to imagine. These scenarios that I have been giving or relating to you, these are all bittersweet experiences. You had a dream, sweet experience, but your siblings didn't like it and they got jealous of you. You were sold to the merchants. Bittersweet experience. You were a slave already, a bitter experience, but you were put in charge over anything. Sweet experience. While you were in charge, everything was good already, but suddenly there was a temptation that came. Bittersweet experience. And then later he was put to jail without any trial, a bitter experience. But if you look at the last part of the 39th chapter, he was put in charge. Why? Because when you look at verse 21, it starts with a conjunction, but. The word but in verse 21, out of the bitter times in the life of Joseph, the word but gives the difference now, a change of emotions, a change of mood. In verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 21 is like a repetition of verse 2. Verses 22 up to verse 23, these verses are like repetitions of what was mentioned in verses 3 up to verse 6. That in the beginning he was sold as a slave, but the Lord was with Joseph. And because of that presence of God, he became a blessing in the house of Potiphar. He was put in charge. He was brought to prison without any trial, but the Lord was with Joseph. And the jailer, the chief jailer, showed, saw, I mean, the favor of God in the life of Joseph. He was put in charge. So verse 21, is, it was like a repetition of verse 2 in a different situation. Now in, in verses 23 to, uh, verses, uh, I mean 22 to 23 is, are like repetitions of verses 3 to 6 in the earlier passage. His life was indeed filled with bittersweet experiences. But here is the thing. In all of those bittersweet experiences that Joseph had gone through, one thing that remained other than the presence of God, one thing that remained is this. He remained a blessing to those people around him. We'll revisit those bitter experience, bittersweet experiences again. He was, he was there in the house serving as a slave. But he became a person in charge over everything. He became a blessing to Potiphar, his wife, and the rest of the workers. Later, a temptation came to him. He kept on refusing. Don't you know that his refusal to that temptation that he faced day by day was a blessing to Potiphar? If the servant, if Joseph gave in to the temptation, he could have been like a curse to Potiphar as his master. But because he kept on refusing to the temptation, those refusals became a blessing to the husband of that wife who was trying to entice him. He remained to be a blessing even in the midst of the bittersweet experiences. Now he was put in jail. Inside the jail, the Lord's favor was upon him. And what happened? The chief jailer put him in charge. And the chief jailer had no headaches over the prisoners. Why? Joseph was there. He became a blessing. Life can always be filled with bittersweet experiences. But whatever our condition is, God's intention for blessing His people is always for us to be a blessing. May it be a sweet moment. May it be a bitter time.
God's intention for you and for me to remain a blessing would always remain. Life doesn't have to be sweet for you to be a blessing. Your bank account doesn't have to be six-digit account for you to be a blessing. You don't have to be you don't you don't have to have a wallet that is so thick with money for you to be a blessing. Your life doesn't have to be perfect for you to be a blessing, for me to be a blessing. In whatever condition, it may be a sweet moment, it may be a bitter time, it may be a mixture of bitter-sweet experience in life. God's intention for you and for me to be a blessing remains. COVID doesn't have to go away for you to be a blessing. Life doesn't have to be having a perfect health for you to be a blessing. Whatever your situation is, be a blessing. That's what Joseph exemplified. I know if I would ask you to relate your life, you got a lot of bittersweet experiences. Because I have, as I have said, nobody can say, I have all sweet experiences in life. And no one else also can say, I have all bitter experiences in life. It's a mixture of both. But whether you are there at the peak or you are in the valley, God's intention for you to be a blessing is always there. And as I have mentioned, life doesn't have to be sweet for you to be a blessing. So whatever your situation is, be a blessing. I want you to look at your seatmate and tell the person, you are a blessing. Because no one among us can say, I wasn't blessed. No, everybody is blessed by the Lord. And when God bestows his blessing to you, whatever blessing it is, he intends that you become a blessing. The life of Pastor Vic was mixed with bitter, sweet experiences. But I tell you, every one of us can say he was a blessing. And I am praying that the same thing would happen to you and to me, that our lives would remain a blessing, whether it's at the peak or at the valley, whether it's, the height, it's at the height of its height or it's the lowest point of life, whether your pocket is filled with money or it's empty, whether you are experiencing a perfect health or something, a sickness that you have in life, remain to be a blessing. Because whatever we are going through, God's presence is always there. And he has blessed us already. You are blessed to be a blessing indeed. God bless us all and good morning. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in your social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless.